This week's parsha is Parshas Vayetze. In Parag Chavches, Pasuk Yud Beis, the Pasuk describes the incredible dream that Yaakov Avinu had. When Yaakov Avinu was on his way to the house of Lavan, being sent there by his parents, uh, his mother wanted him to get away from Esav, his father wanted him to find a shidduch, so basically he was on his way to Charon, and all of a sudden the uh, the sun sets very quickly, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes him fall asleep, it happens to be on Har Maria, and he has this incredible dream of a ladder that's Mutzav Arza, it's perched on the ground, it's firmly set on the ground, and the top of the ladder scrapes the the heavens. It basically goes from the earth all the way up to the heavens, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is standing on top of the ladder, and on top of Yaakov Avinu, and basically making a promise to him that uh, he will get Eretz Yisrael, him and his children, and they'll be very uh, a great nation. If you look in the Balaturim, the Balaturim says a lot of very interesting uh, things in general in this week's parsha, but specifically about this ladder. Uh, there's a lot of Kabbalistic uh, remazim about this ladder and about all the things that are spoken about in this dream. We're not going to go into any of them really, but it's very worthwhile to look at them. If you have a chance, look at the Balaturim and look at the Medrashim on all of the sim- symbolisms of this ladder. But there is one thing that I do want to share with you in the Balaturim, and he writes, Remez yale It's a remez, says the Balaturim. This, these words, Mutzav Artsav, Ereshe Magia that the ladder is on the ground and its head is in the sky. That's a remez. Mutzav Artsav means of a person finds himself on the ground. Mushlach is thrown to the ground. He's cast to the ground. He's very lowly right now. He's in a very bad place. He will quickly be able to turn everything around and ascend to heaven which means that a Jew is resilient. A Jew has the ability that even if he falls down, he's able to get up. Not only is he able to get up, he's able to get up. He's Mutzav Arza right now. Right now he's Mutzav Arza, he's on the ground, but he is going to be able to be Magia Shamaima. He'll be able to get up and go eventually, make it all the way up to heaven all the way up to ascend to great heights, despite the fact that right now he's on the ropes, right now he's on the ground, and he's not in a good position. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that you're Mutzav Arza now, but V'roishe Magia Shamaima. And I was thinking about this Remez, like, who exactly is helping this person? This person that's on the ground, and that the Targum, that the, the Balaturim says he's going to get back up and he's going to go and rise to the heavens. 
How is that going to happen? Does it say how it's going to happen? So if you plug this remez into the back into the pasuk, it seems there is malachim that are ascending and descending on this ladder. But perhaps if we could extend the words of the Balaturim, this concept of the Balaturim, there are, there are malachim in life that help a person be ayla, they lift a person up, but ayalem v'yardim by, and they also sometimes go, and they'll go and they'll go down, and they'll pick up a person that's fallen, and, and help him back up again. There's malachim that are ayalem, there are malachim that raise a person, and that, that make a person grow in life, but then there's also malachim that are yardim, that sometimes when a person falls down, they go down with him, and they're able to give him the encouragement to be able to pick him up. That's a, a malach that's a, a, a wonderful malach. That's a malach that's really able to be there for a person in his time of need, as a, an emissary of Hashem, to be able to help a person, not just when things are going good, but even when things are going not so good, when we're down on life, when things are... Are, are, are problematic for us and we're finding ourselves scraping bottom, that's also malachim are yardim by. Sometimes malachim go, they descend to the lowest places just in order to help pick a person up. Now, if what I just said is true, I think we could apply a very magnificent Gemara to this. There's a Gemara that says, in Chagiga Adab what does the Pasuk mean in Malachi that says, Kisifse Kayen Yishmerudas, the lips of a Kayen will guard wisdom, the and you should seek Tyra from this Malach's, from this Kayen's mouth, Kimalach Hashem because this Kayen is no other than a Malach Hashem Tzavakes. He's an angel of Hashem. And the Gemara says, you know what that means, that Pasuk? If the Rebbe, if the Rav is, appears to a person like a Malach Hashem Tzavakes, like an angel, that's a Rebbe that you should seek out Tyre from. If you look at your Rebbe and he looks to you like an angel, he resembles an angel, that's a Rebbe that you should seek out Tyre from. The Imlav, and if he doesn't seem like an angel to you, Al Yavakshu then you should not, you should not seek out Tyre from him. That's how we dash this positive. A kain isn't just a kain. A kain means like a Rav, a Rebbe, any any spiritual leader, which is really what a kain is. Kisifse kain, the lips of a kain, you speaks and guards and protects wisdom, Tyre you should seek from him because the Malach Hashem, this Kayin is not just a human, a regular mortal, this Kayin is a Malach Hashem Tzavakis and the Gemara Darshans. If the Rebbe looks to you like a Malach Hashem Tzavakis, then you should seek out Tyre. If not, don't. And the Mepharshim ask, what does this mean that a Rebbe is Daimel Malach Hashem Tzavakis? What does it mean that a Rebbe looks like a Malach Hashem, that he appears like a Malach Hashem Tzavakis? 
does that mean that he has to have wings? Does that mean that he has to have a halo over his head? What does that mean? What type of malach are we talking about? What exactly is the malach that is the model for a Rebbe? And there's a few terutzim that I've seen over the years. Um, I'll give you uh, a few of them. One is there's a famous madrash that says that on every blade of grass, there's a malach that's memuna on it. Every single blade in the grass. There must be trillions of blades of, blades of grass throughout the world. And on every blade of grass, there's its own malach, an angel. And the angel um, stands over the blade of grass and says, Gadel, grow. He, he basically eggs on and uh, prods the, every blade of grass to grow. So I've heard that that's the type of Rebbe that, that's the type of Malach that a Rebbe is supposed to be. He's supposed to always be telling a Talmud, Gadel. You could grow, you could be great, aspire to greatness. That's one Teretz. And I've seen other Terutzim. I think Rav Ruderman used to say that there's another type of Malach, and that's the Malach um, by, um, by Yeshua, when Yeshua was fighting a battle, and he was busy all day with war, and at night a Malach comes to him, the Charba Shlufai, he, he had a sword outstretched, and the Malach says to Yeshua, um, you know, did you learn? And he said, well, I'm busy with war. He says, he says, but at night you have to learn. He says, you have to learn. He says, that's the type of Rebbe, that's the type of Malach that a Rebbe is supposed to be. A type of Rebbe that always tells us, Talmidim, learn. You have to learn more and more and more. You can't, you can't just rest on your laurels just because when you were a Bacher you learned or because once in a while you learn. You have to learn as much as possible. That's the type of Rebbe uh, that that that's the type of malach that a rebbe needs to be always reminding a talmud that you have to learn. There are other terutzim, but I think that in the context of what we're saying, maybe we have another new mahalach in what this gemara means. You know what type of malach a rebbe is supposed to resemble? A rebbe is supposed to resemble the malachim that we're talking about in our pasuk. There are malachim that go up and that help a person when they shtaig, a, a bacher that shtaigin, a tamad that shtaigin, somebody that you, a rabbi, a rav, a rebbe, that, you know, sees people that are doing well and they're learning and they're growing and they're giving tzedakah, so he's helping them grow. That's wonderful. But there's also the other element, v'yardimbay, that when you see a talmud, that's floundering. When you see a Talmud or a, or a congregant or a, that, that, that's hitting rock bottom for some reason, they're not doing well spiritually. Maybe they're not doing well uh, monetarily. They're not doing well uh, socially. They're not doing well medically. Whatever the experience is that there's something that went wrong, something that is uh, the bottom has been taken out of the Talmud, and now the Talmud finds himself in the lowest depths, in the, in the abyss, and in the mud, as the Balaturim says, Mutzav Artsa, that he's Mushlach Laretz, he's in the ground. The Talmud is in the ground. The Talmud is not doing well right now. He's not Steigen. Talmudim don't always Steig. Sometimes they're taking the upward, 
escalator and sometimes they're on a downward escalator and they're going down. Then you should know that he has to, he could go back up again. It's possible for this to be turned around and for there to be a, a, a resuscitation of this person, that he goes, how is that going to happen? Because the Malach will go be Yairid, he'll come down and pick up the person and raise him up again. That's the Rebbe that we should be looking for. That's the Rebbe that's daimed to a Malach Hashem Tzavakis. Ki sifsei kayim yishmerudas ki Malach Hashem What type of Malach? Is a Rebbe supposed to look like? And a Talmud supposed to seek out a Rebbe that's like the Malach in this Pasuk. That when a, when a Talmud's Mushlach Laaretz, Yala Shamayma, bring him back up. Make him Shtag again. Make him uh, re, repair him, renew him, regenerate him. That's the type of Rebbe that everybody really needs. Just as an example, of this, there's a Gemara in Makir, Sandaf Yud, Amin Aleph. The, the Gemara says that Talmud Shegala, Li'er Miklot, if a Talmud, let's say, kills somebody, he kills somebody in, unintentionally. And the halacha is that if you do that, you have to go into Galus, you have to go into one of the Ari Miklot, one of the, 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 um, the cities of refuge. So, So the, the halacha is, let's say a Talmud kills somebody b'shegeh, and the Talmud is sent to those special cities, those special arimiklot, maglin rabbi imay. His rabbi has to go into Galus along with him. Can you imagine? A person, a Talmud, a single Talmud, kills somebody by accident. Best in, he goes into Galus, and he has to stay there until the Kayin Gadol dies. Could be a few months, it could be a few years, it could be a few decades. A Rebbe, a Rebbe could be like a Rosh Yeshiva somewhere in Yerushalayim in a nice community, a big Yeshiva. Maglin Rabbi Imai. We make the Rebbe go into exile, go into this Arimiklat together with his Talmud. That's a Rebbe. The, that's a Rebbe that's like this Malach. That it's not just when things are good and what the, when the Talmud star is really rising, but even when it's dropping, even when it's completely on the ground, and the Talmud is not doing well, the Talmud is sinking, a Rebbe has to go and be yardim. He has to go down and try to pick him up and give him chizuk and give him idod and give him encouragement until he's able to improve his, his situation and get back on firm footing. When I think of um, this type of Rebbe, there are many, many examples, uh, but I think in particular of Reb David Trenk. Reb David Trenk was a, uh, a master Rebbe and a principal and a counselor for more than 50 years. He used to be a... I, I had him one summer when I was in Camp Monk. Uh, he was my Rebbe, and uh, he was like... On fire, he was a rebbe that was uh, constantly uh, jumping on desks and, and and screaming and with a geschmack and making learning really fun. And he was in general, he was a very you know larger than life figure. He was very 
big physically. He was probably, I don't know, six seven maybe. He was a huge man, but he was a very, very uh, interesting person. They put out an art, an art school put out a biography about him called Just Love Them. And it's about his philosophy, his biography, his story, but also his philosophy about Chinuch. And his philosophy on Chinuch was that you have to love your Talmud no matter what. He was a rabbi to, in Camp Monk, to, you know, regular fine from Camp Monk boys. But throughout the, the year, he was a rabbi in a in yeshiva called Adelphia. And a lot of the Bachram in Adelphia were, you know, not the Aleph students that, you know, Philadelphia had and, and Long Beach had and Scranton had and other yeshivas. But, you know, they were, they were boys that had challenges, many of them. And they needed a little extra help. And they were given this by many of the great rabbim there, but perhaps most memorably by Reb David Trenk. And, and he was busy dealing with, and then later in life he started his own yeshiva. Um, one, uh, one Friday night, he was told that one of his students had just stolen a car and gone to the movies. Okay, so it would be bad enough if he would go to the movies on Shabbos, but he also stole a car to get to the movies. Anyway, somebody came to Rabbi Trenk and told him about it. Rabbi Trenk verified it, and he decided to go to the movie theater, which was more than an hour's walk from his yeshiva. I think, I don't know if any other Rebbe in the world would do this. I think, you know, okay... Uh, you know, we'll, t- we'll deal with it after Shabbos. Rabbi Trank picked himself up and walked an hour to get to this movie theater. And he went into the movie theater. He asked the cashier if he could enter for just a few moments to speak to a student who was inside. The student told me, told this person that writes the story that he was watching the movie when suddenly he noticed someone sitting down next to him. Though it was dark, he saw immediately that it was his Rebbe. Utterly stunned, he whispered hoarsely, Rebbe, what are you doing here? I had to tell you something, Rabbi Trenk said. But how did you get here, the student asked incredulously. I walked, came the smiling reply. But it's more than an hour's walk, the student exclaimed. Yes, I know that, said Rabbi Trenk. But what I have to tell you is important. Now, what do you think he would tell him in the movie theater? I would say, you're a Michal Shabbos you're a Ganev, you did like all the Ten Commandments you violated. This is what Rabbi Trang told him. The student, told, this, the student said to the person that wrote the story that he was bracing himself for an angry diatribe. But instead, Rabbi Trang said, I want to tell you that the popcorn that they sell here is treif, so please don't buy it. Because if someone eats treif food, it could be harmful to his neshama. That's it, asked the amazed student. I would say that all the food here is treif, so don't eat any of it, said Rabbi Trank. He stood and said, I'll see you back in the yeshiva. The student took his rabbi's hand and said, wait, don't go, I'm coming with you. And together they left the theater 
and walked more than an hour back to the yeshiva. The student told this person writing the story that although they conversed most of the way, not once did Rabbi Trenk mention the car or the theater. When they reached the yeshiva, the 16-year-old boy said, I swear I will never be Mechal Shabbos again. And he never was. And today he is an upstanding Jew who helps multitudes, all because of the wisdom of his Rebbe, who got the message across with dignity, validation, and wisdom. That's one story about Rabbi Trenk, and I think that's the type of malach that a Rebbe should be, the type of malach that we find in this week's parsha. the malach that is, when he sees a Talmud that's mutzav arza, he goes and he's not only helping the Talmud when he's on the upswing, when he's Eilim, but Yardimbai. He goes down and he descends to the place where the Talmud is, not where he is. A lot of Rabbeim, they don't want to, you know, sully themselves and try and, and get themselves dirty. They want, they want the Aleph Talmud and they want the students that are growing, the ones that aren't growing, they don't want anything to do with. But then there, 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 there are those rare Rabbeim that love the Aleph students, but they also love the Dalit students and the Hay students and the students that, you know, that nobody else bothers with and nobody else cares for. It's those Rabbeim that are Eilim, but Yardimbai, they come down and they save the Talmud. They, even though the Talmud is Mutzav Arza, but that's only temporarily. And Roshim Agiyashamayma, he helps them get back up and resuscitates them and breathes life into them. I'll tell you another Rabbi Trank story that just shows how, how much he loved his Talmidim. There was a Lakewood resident that was taking a bus f- to Brooklyn, and he happened to sit behind two Adelphia Bachrim. And he overheard their conversation and immediately hurried to Cora by Trank and share the information. It sounds like they have a small television hidden in the dormitory, he said. You know, I was just telling Talmidim downstairs by the vow that I gave that um, in the olden days, like, television was like a, a big thing. You know, I remember, like, when you'd go on a shidduch date, it was like, do they want a TV or do they, do, do they not want it? Does he want a TV? Does she want a TV? Bang. I said, like, today nobody talks about it. Not that I, I don't, I've never been involved in a shidduch recently that that's the, that's the hot button issue with television. Because television isn't really a thing anymore, for the most part. Now you don't need a television, you just have a smartphone, you have a laptop, and it has all of YouTube, and it has news and podcasts, whatever you need, it's on there, so television is not a thing. But back in the day, television was the big eight Sahara. So, um, so this guy called Rabbi Trank, knowing that he was a Rebbe in, in Adelphia, and he snitched on him, he said, there's these two boys that are sitting in front of me in a bus, and I, it sounds like to me that you know, they have, they're hiding a small television in the dorm. I guess he thought that Rabbi Trenk would appreciate it and now, like, be able to have, you know, ammunition against the boys and, like, really, you know, get to them. So Rabbi Trenk said to this guy that called him, to snitch, do you know what Masechta they're learning? Did you speak with them in learning? No, the caller admitted that he had not. So the open details, what they're learning, what makes them great, you somehow missed. But their secrets, you caught. Everyone has secrets, and everyone has challenges, and everyone is fighting the Eitzahara. But we like to see their victories and successes, 
and define them that way, not the other way. You didn't see those boys at all. Another beautiful example of how Rabbi Trenk was this malach that was able to be Ayla the Yardimbai. He went down to the whatever madrega the boys were on and helped, and that way he helped lift them up, and he did. There are many, many, many students of Rabbi Trenk that you wouldn't know they were students of Rabbi Trenk from Adelphia. You probably think they were students from him in Camp Monk. Uh, because you know they seem like they're 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 amazing, productive, wonderful people, but it was because of Rabbi Trenk's intervention in Hatzalah that they were able to be lifted up. His philosophy, his doctrine of loving every person and and specifically his students, uh, that's what enabled them to grow. That was, that's what enabled them to be to able to attain a heavenly um, trajectory in life. I'll tell you one more story. There was a Rosh Hashiva in Eretz Yisrael, a very similar story, I guess. Um, there was a Rosh Hashiva in Eretz Yisrael, and it was an old, very saintly Rosh Hashiva, and he was told about a Bachar in his yeshiva that was um, every night after second Seder, after supper, he would sneak out and he would go to a movie. And Eretz Yisrael, you know, for an Israeli Yeshiva Bachar to go to the movies is, is definitely, you know, punishable by expulsion. You, have to, you could do a lot less things than that and, and get kicked out of Yeshiva. But if finding out that a Bachar is, is really you know, on his way to, to a movie would be, uh, you know, would be enough to kick him out. So somebody snitched to the Rashiva that this and this Bachar is every night going to movie. He says, next time you see him uh, about on his way to the theater, do me a favor and, you know, call me out of my apartment. And the Rashiva lived, like, right next to the dormitory. And I'll take care of it. So the boy was very excited. He thought that, you know, the Rashiva was really going to pounce on the boy and, 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 and kick him out. Anyway, this boy was put, put on a sweater and, um, and a, some perfume and made his hair nice and shaved. And he was on his way to town uh, to go to the movies. And the, and the other boy, the snitcher, told the Rashiva that he's about to come out of the building. So Rashiva goes outside and... Um, and he, quote-unquote, bumps into this Bachar, and he says to, and the Bachar says, Shalom Aleichem, Rashiva, how's Rashiva doing? He says, good, Bachar Shem, how are you? Good. So the Rashiva says, it's, it's very cold out here tonight. You, you just have a sweater, but you don't have a coat. He says, no, it's fine, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. He says, no, 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 I insist, take my coat. I want you to take my coat. He says, no, Rashiva, it's fine. I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't need it. He says, and he insists, the Rashiva insisted. He took off his coat and he put it on the Bachar. And then he says, Akutanach, good night. And he, he went back to his home, to his apartment, the Rashiva. So, what do you think the end of the story is? You think the end of the story is, okay, the boy didn't go to, to the movies. The boy did end up going to the movies. He, he went to the movies wearing the Rashiva's coat. But he said that he was sitting in the theater and he wasn't looking at the movie at all. He was just like engulfed, enveloped in the warmth 
in the spiritual warmth of the Rashiva's coat. And that was a turnaround moment in his life. From that moment on, he came back to Yeshiva after, and he gave the Rashiva back his coat. He never went to the movies anymore. He never missed Night Seder again. His, he became a tremendous Tamar Chacham. He became a, you know, a big, big Marbitz Taira. All because of the, the sensitivity of the Rashiva. It wasn't like an act of, uh, all the Rashiva did was give him his coat. But that act of love, the, the not screaming, the not criticizing, even though he had plenty of reason to do so, but the, the love, the unconditional love that was shown to him was able to, uh, to, to bring this Bachar back to be Magia Shemaima. He was Mutzavarza, he was in the ground, he was doing not so well and he was struggling, but you had a Malach behind him. He had this Rashiva that was able to see where he was and, and go down, be Yared, and then bring him up to be Ayla again. Mutzav Arza Vereshe Magia Hashemaima. These are the Rabbeim that are the you know the the Rabbeim that are every Bachar's dream Rebbe, a Rebbe that's not only there for the Bachrim or for me when I need him, but also <clears throat> meaning when when I'm doing well, and hopefully most Bachrim are doing well in Yeshiva, but many are not. Many are struggling, and there is the open question, what do you do with the Bachar that's struggling? Many Rabbeim say, okay, listen, they're going to just have to leave the yeshiva, it's not for them. But then there are other Rabbeim that are like this Malach. They roll up their sleeves, and they're Yardimba, they go to the, to the bottom, to the abyss, to the movie theaters, and, 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 you know, to try to bring them back out. And from there, they're able to really resuscitate them, to revive them. I, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, mention uh, Zechariah Wallerstein, Zechariah Levracha, also another one of these gem rabbeim. Rabbi Wallerstein saw um, a need to help those struggling young men and women in Klai Yisrael, and on both sides he was very, very successful, and he put his life, he was a, a successful businessman, had a very, you know, big, uh, like, plastic bag business, uh, and he, uh, you know, he he was he would have been able to do that his whole life easily. He was also like a rebbe in yeshiva, and yet he spent the better part of his days and nights helping kids that were at risk, helping kids that were on drugs, in the worst, the lowest, we're speaking, you know, the lowest, much lower than a movie theater. Like, like, really, in a you know, in a in a drug house and in uh, with gangsters and bringing them out and 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 helping them, you know, find themselves again and cleaning them up and trying to uh, bring them back to Klal Yisrael, and he did it very successfully. If you saw a picture after it was Nifta, they had like a picture of his talus bag, and in his talus bag, it's an interesting picture. There was like, I don't know, maybe fifty different body piercings that were put into his talus bag because whenever he was able to convince a girl, a, a formerly from girl, um, to give him her tongue piercing, her ear piercing, her nose, you know, wherever it is, and he, she would give it up 
and that would be like the beginning of her changing, and he would, he would put it in his talus bag, and he wanted that that should go up with him to Shemayim. He wanted that would be his chus in Shemayim to have all of those piercings, which symbolize the people that were so down and so low and so on the ground, mutzav artza, that they were mushloch laris, they were cast to the ground, they were abandoned by their families, or they left their families, they left their schools, they left their Yiddishkeit, and they were so low, and Rabbi Wallerstein came and swooped down like a malach, and was able to be yared and pick them up until, once again, they were able to come back to Klai Yisrael, to Magia Shamaima. And there are many stories about him as well, of course, um, but this is the this is the the type of rabbeim I think that Klal Yisrael needs in this day and age the the rabbi that gets it the rabbi that's not only looking for the superstar talmidim and every rabbi wants and and loves those you know the aleph talmidim the great talmidim that always are in davening and in shir and asking the great questions but the really great rabbeim are those that are interested in those talmidim but also never give up on the Talmudim that are faltering and that are sinking and that are drowning, and they will jump in and, and save them and resuscitate and rebuild them until they're functional, thriving members of Kal Yisrael. And those are the Rabbeim that we salute. Those are the Rabbeim that really are, are Kal Yisrael's treasures and gems. And, and if we know of such Rabbeim, we should really have great appreciation for them because that is... Those are the Rabbeim that are Daimel Malach Hashem Tzavakis. Which Malach? The Malach that are Oilem V'yardim by the Malach that enable somebody that's Mutzav Arza to immediately be able to turn around and have Roshai Magi Hashem Okay, Rabbi Say, have a wonderful evening.